0: Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. In this week's edition of Insight, we end the year like we started it. A bunch of rubbish jokes before the real experts get to say a word about the latest catastrophe. Cyclone Jasper's impact was minimal, but the subsequent flooding caused many a tear, which frankly is not helping the situation. Those poor Queenslanders aren't laughing. They were always more fans of dry humour. Thank goodness the Cyclone Reinsurance Pool will be covering this damage. I say thank goodness, I'm not really sure. We need an expert flood analysis. And as I've said before, I know a guy. And from Parramatta to Paris, brokers are suffering as insurers cut products and reduce commissions. We find out why this approach is insane. It's okay, listeners. Even these puns can't sink any lower. Hello, everyone. This week I'm joined by Deputy Editor Wendy Pugh, Senior Journalist Binny's Han, Editor John Diggs, and Chairman Terry
1: McMullen. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Are my jokes adding insult to injury? Oh, Andrew, we, we get a rest from them, but, but I, I do think the insane one was particularly good this morning. Thanks. Welcome, John.
2: Hello.
0: Last podcast of the year. Will we end on a high?
1: <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah.
2: I mean, I was going to say, Andrew, we've always got the Christmas cracker jokes to sort of fill the void. <laughs> Very good.
0: Hello, Benice. Hi, Andrew. It's been a long year. Are you all washed out? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And hello, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. Back at the top where you belong. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) Well, Cycler and Jesper might not have had the initial impact we feared... But subsequent flooding is causing a lot of problems.
3: Well, yes, you know, because Jasper crossed the coast on Wednesday near Port Douglas as a Category 2 cyclone, but it there wasn't a direct hit on a large population like Cairns and it quickly weakened into a slow moving low. So in the initial stages, there weren't expected to be a lot of claims. But what was since then is that that rainfall has just continued and worsened and that system has, has been just sort of stuck there and caused... Uh, Severe flooding. So, some areas north of Cairns have had more than a metre of rain in the past week. The Insurance Council of Australia has declared the severe weather and flooding a significant event and it said it could be elevated to a catastrophe if there's a sharp increase in claim numbers or the complexity or if the geographical spread of the event widens. But the weather up there is now improving. So, you know, we'll just have to watch and see how that develops.
0: Well, fortunately, the government's cyclone reinsurance pool will covering this damage, won't it, John?
2: well it's not it's not as clear as that unfortunately obviously as we know the cyclone pool will cover every cent of uh, every cyclone claim and cyclone re- related flooding but once the pool declares the end of a cyclone and they did this with Jasper on december the 14th there's only 48 hours then for more claims to be covered. So some of this flooding will sit outside that 48-hour period, I'm sure, and that won't be covered by the pool. Now, this part of the, the pool scheme has been criticised by insurers because a lot of times with cyclones this does happen. The initial cyclone may be not so damaging, but then uh, it turns into a, a tropical low or whatever and, and, and tracks across the country – leaving devastating flooding in its wake. It's kind of similar to what happened in New Zealand with Gabrielle. And also thinking back to Cyclone Debbie in 2017, uh, the cyclone was actually quite damaging that time, but also there was horrible flooding in in, in the days after it was downgraded. So, yeah, a lot of people do think that the government should take a look at this aspect of the scheme because that flooding in the wake of a cyclone just tends to be one of the worst parts of it, really. Now, Bernice, brokers have been getting in
0: touch about insurers cutting products and reducing commissions. What's going on here?
4: Yeah, so we've been saying or reporting how difficult things have been for the householder's line and Chubb's decision to withdraw its home product shows how tough things are at the moment for insurers. So a broker actually got in touch about the chart position after reading the flood submission stories. So he wanted to point out that profitability is actually a real challenge right now for the industry, even after all the hefty rate rises uh, that they've uh, pushed through after the floods last year. In the business update to brokers, Chuck did say that, you know, the, the home product has actually faced a very volatile three year period, affected by extreme natural catastrophe events and claims inflation and the recent rate adjustments that they have introduced have not really helped. And that's why the product will be pulled off uh, in March next year. So, and then we spoke to another broker who does retail and was told things are just really rough at the moment for home insurance. So, and he say uh, insurers have started to cut commissions and of course, Niebuhr's uh, vice president, Nick Cook, did flag it up as a key issue for brokers to look out for next year. So, and the retail broker mentioned that Hollard announced com- the commission changes in October and QB in November. So, with us, Hollard and and they have actually confirmed, yeah, you know, the, the, the reasons for the commission changes. So, and a couple of other brokers have also say, uh, told us that they expect more insurers to follow suit in the coming months.
0: Can we expect to see more of this kind of thing, Terry, as insurer profit margins remain challenged in certain lines?
1: Yeah, look, we shouldn't be surprised when an insurer pulls out of a class of business, And, and there's always a variety of reasons why they'll do that. But usually, and unsurprisingly, it's all about money. You need to have enough policies generating enough profit to counter the, the losses through claims. And where they can't make an acceptable profit, insurers have to find ways to reduce the overheads, which are likely to be everything from the cost of staff and even the cost of commissions. Look, The more competitive the class of business, the larger amount, the amount of business you need to carry to be profitable. So. If you can't meet the criteria for growth and and lower commissions aren't even going to attract an increasing number of brokers for sure, you really have little option but to withdraw from that part of the market. So will we see more of the same? I don't know. And the sort of market we have at present, you have to say yes. It's only when all insurers scramble out of, of a class of business that you really start to worry. But one or two... Moving on and refining their their exposures, I guess, is not a, a particularly big deal.
0: Well, thinking about 2023, Wendy, what are we up to with Suncorp's bid to offload its bank to ANZ?
3: ANZ and Suncorp had both appealed against the ACCC decision to block the sale. So the Australian Competition Tribunal has been hearing the arguments over the past two weeks. So that's um, a three-person panel led by a federal court judge. Hearings have now wrapped up and the decision is expected by February twenty. So the deal still has to get federal sign off, but if you'd expect really if ANZ and Suncorp get the green light here, it'll it'll go ahead. So we should know what's happening, you know, sometime in the next two months. Well,
0: the ACCC might not be convinced, John, but do you think selling the bank would make Suncorp a stronger insurer?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a big part of their argument, and I think I'm sold on it. They've talked about having a singular focus on insurance at a time when insurance is 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 so important uh, to the country. And look at their main rival, IAG, that that they don't have a bank to worry about. So I, th- I think it would help. I think it would allow the senior managers to focus purely on insurance They'd be able to refocus some capital investment too. We, we know that that all the major insurers are long overdue on investing in technology. So I'm sure it would help there. And and to, to a certain extent, the ACCC doesn't disagree. It can see some of those benefits, but it just thinks the downsides outweigh them. Suncorp and ANZ are still confident, as Wendy says, that they'll get this through eventually. So hopefully next year we get to find out just how much of a difference it could make. Well, Benice, you've been
0: writing about a retirement of a well-known industry figure who's call time on a 70-year career.
4: Yeah, Peter Daly, a mentor to many in the the industry, is uh, retiring at the end of the year, uh, two weeks away. So he started working in the industry in 1952 when he was 16, left South Africa in 1980 for Australia and has contributed a lot to the industry here, especially in the areas of external dispute resolution and consumer protection. So in 2004, he was awarded the Order of Australia for his services to the insurance industry And in 2017, Enziv awarded him Life Membership. Um, At the moment, he's the chairman of IOE, Nisei Doha Insurance Company, and has been in the role since 2008. Um, He was ICA CEO from 1991 to 1997 and its president from 1986 to 1987. He was also at one time the inaugural chairman of the Financial Ombudsman Service, uh, Africa's predecessor, and also uh, the girling uh, Australian insurance co-chairman. Well,
0: how would you sum up Peter's impact on the industry, Terry?
1: Oh, I suppose I should make a confession first. Everything I know about insurance, or certainly everything, everything I knew at the start, I learned from Peter Daly. I started at the Insurance Council in late 91 on the same day that Peter started as chief executive we also left at the same time Peter Peter moved into moved ICA I guess the best way to put it is he, he put it in a higher gear that the CEO job wasn't particularly high profile until he came along He's a remarkable personality in his own right. He worked harder and longer than anyone else I know, and he always thinks ahead. Peter was the one who set up the industry's initial ombudsman service and developed it into something that even impressed the regulators. He was also the first ICA chief executive to understand the need for a proper government affairs program. He fathered the General Insurance Code of Practice and a wide range of other initiatives that I doubt anyone else could have got through such a conservative board of directors. After all, they were made up of insurer CEOs who he had to convince to pay for it. So, look, Peter's the best negotiator and networker I've ever come across. He never walked into a meeting where he didn't know the outcome And he never took a step back when he really believed in something. So you'd have to say that Peter Daly was an industry pioneer. And really, he's had more of a positive impact on the insurance industry than anyone else I can think of. He's an extraordinary man.
0: Well, 2023 is rapidly drawing to a close, John. And our analysis
2: looks back at the top 10 most popular stories of the last 12 months. That's right, Andrew. So, yeah, we've we've done almost 3,000 stories on the website this year. Would you believe it? And we can have a look at the analytics and see which were the most popular uh, with our loyal band of readers. So we've done a a recap in our analysis this week from all the stories from the year. And the most read, Catholic Church Insurance, uh, ceasing to issue renewals and new policies, which we reported as a breaking news in, in May. The second most read story, a bit of a quirky one, you may remember the IAG employee who took a case to the Fair Work Commission because she was... Let go after IAG monitored her performance working from home, and her keystrokes were not up to uh, what they thought was was the the right level. So that was very well read and followed up by media across the world. Other stories include IAG's departure of key executives, the CFO and Tim Plant, uh, the chief insurance and strategy officer, back in May. That was announced. Another popular story and Steadfast acquisition of uh, Queensland specialist, Sure Insurance. That was the fourth most popular. But, uh, yeah, to see the, the full list, and you can click through to all the original articles, go to our analysis and have a read.
0: Well, finally, Terry, the December-January issue of Insurance News magazine is about to drop into letterboxes and inboxes. What can readers look forward to in this final edition
1: of the year? Well, as John was saying, you know, what a year it has been. I guess you're, you can look forward to some surprises, and the usual wide range of subjects curated by the best journals in the business. I, I, our annual top 20 list continues with its usual tongue in cheek selection of the people, issues, and events that dominated the industry over the last year. And many may be surprised by who we've chosen as the industry's number one influencer for 2023. It's also an opportunity to dive deep into Finity's analysis of the industry's performance. And as well as to review a year that was not without its challenges, there's so much there. There's the ICA uh, report to ICA, I should say, by Deloitte on the the flooding that throws some big challenges at insurance uh, insurers and others. The, the message in brief, Andrew, is to. Do better next time. In this edition, you can look back at the year to understand not just what happened but how and why things happened the way they did. Lots of juicy and entertaining articles written by intelligent people who understand insurance, Andrew. Well, that brings us to the end of the last
0: episode of Insight Podcast by Insurance News for 2023. Thank you once again to our panel, Wendy Pugh, John Deeks, Bernice Hamm and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google and all your favourite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next year.